One, two. Good morning, everyone. It's nice to see such a full church. I have a, an opening prayer, so just if you'd like to join me in this, let's pray. We come to you not because we must, but because we may. Not because we are strong, but because we are weak. Not because any goodness of our own has given us the right, but because we need mercy and help. We come because we love you a little, and we want to love you more. We come because you first loved us and gave yourself for us. Amen. Amen. Isn't that a cracking prayer? <laughs> Somebody else wrote it. <laughs> Here's how I think it works. That when we're served, like this morning, by the way Ros led, by the way the musicians um, led us in worship, the words tap in to something in us that can't be spoken. It's very difficult to speak of the preciousness of Jesus. Yes, there's the mental proposition. But if I ask you, why are you here today? There is something that he's done in here that is very difficult to put into words. And this helps us and connects with that. And I want to call that the light of Christ in us this morning. The light of Christ. Isaiah 9.2, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. But notice in that verse, verse 1 before it, Galilee, the way of the nations. Have you noticed that? Can you find it if you've got your Bible still open? Galilee, by way of the nations. Galilee was a multicultural thoroughfare, just like Britain today. And the nations are never out of the focus of the Bible anywhere. That's the plot of the Bible, the world, the nations. And it's these people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And on, on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. There it is, the light of Christ. So I'm calling the talk this morning, Jesus, light for the nations. Jesus, light for the nations. And 
the meaning of light, if we just sort of back, back up a bit and say, whoa, 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 okay, the light of Christ in our hearts. Okay. Jesus, light of the nations. Okay. <laughs> what is light? Never thought of it? And the answer is scientific. So put your crash helmets on. Is that still on? Yeah. Okay, I thought it might be. Okay. Put your crash helmets on a moment. <laughs> um, oh, I've got the changer, haven't I? Right, I'm responsible for this today. This is good. Doesn't like it. Wee. And I, I, there's a lot of talk at the moment of things like climate change is a hoax. Well, I want to say a war between science and God is a hoax. That God and science are incompatible is a hoax. Science and God are compatible, and theology and science interweave and need each other. So, <laughs> this is we're going to have fun this morning. Come along. I'll nod. Okay. The Apostle Paul didn't have this problem. So, if you could change that again, please. Oh boy, <laughs> we're going to struggle. Bring my laptop next time. Okay, the father of quantum physics, is that scientific enough for you? Yeah. Okay, the father of quantum physics, and I'm not going to quote him fully and accurately, but he meant this. If you, there we go, the first gulp from the glass of natural sciences will make you an atheist. And that's where many stop because they have an agenda. But at the bottom of the glass, God is waiting for you. Do you get it? At the first gulp, it could make you an atheist. But at the bottom of the glass, God is waiting for you. So, question, what's light change? We, we're doing wonderful. What is light next? You can have a tea break while they change, they're that slow. <laughs> Light, this is the science community telling us, light is the form of radiant energy that stimulates the organs of sight. Its normal wavelength for human vision ranges from about 3,900 to 7,700 angstroms. Never heard of them. In short, light is powerful. You get it? Next. 
Light travels at around 186,300 miles a second, the speed of light. Huh? In short, light is fast. Photosynthesis is the process of light becoming metabolic energy. Light can be turned into energy. This happens as light-dependent reactions capture light's energy and makes high-energy molecules. Don't worry, just let it flow over you and feel warm and, <laughs> warm and fuzzy. These use high-energy molecules to capture carbon dioxide to make the precursors of carbohydrates. Carbohydrates, we've heard of that. Yes. Post-Christmas. Okay. In short, light is a foundation of all natural life. Okay? Next. One more. Light can't be overcome by its opposite, darkness. Many things in life can be overcome by the opposite. So if you take white and mix it with black, you get grey. And neither exist anymore. Are you, are you with me? Yeah? You get that in life, but not with light. Wherever light is, darkness is not. <laughs> so if you put a candle on a hilltop on a dark night, it can be seen for 43 miles on a clear night. 43 miles on a clear night. A candle. Hello. <laughs> or if anyone's been to the Blue John Mine uh, cavern in Derbyshire and light, light a match. Anybody done it? Okay. Yeah. Light a match. It's like St. Paul's Cathedral. Light a match and the whole place is full of light. Absolutely incredible. Next. So, we are going somewhere with all this, um, so hang on to your hat. Light was therefore used by God in the first creation of the world and the second creation when Jesus came. And there are two creations. If you like, that's why we have an Old and a New Testament. The Old Testament bears witness to the first creation. The New Testament bears witness to the second creation which is grand finale and the knees up of the ages in the book of Revelation. Yeah? So, next. And so... Oh, we've got one missing. Do you want to go to the next one? Here we go. The first creation, in the beginning... Notice it. In the beginning, God said... Let there be light. First thing. Interesting. The foundation of all life. And then in Isaiah that we've just read, in future, God will honor Galilee of the nations, the multicultural world we live in, by the way of the sea. Beyond the Jordan, the people that sat in darkness have seen a great light. And what I'm highlighting here is 
okay, in the beginning, he said, let there be light to create the physical world, but in the future, he's going to bring light to the hearts of men and women in that world. Does that make sense to you? Next. So that's the first creation. The second creation, then, is when it happened. Of course, um, Isaiah, in the reading we've had this morning, is a prophecy about Jesus. He is that light that was to come. He is the one who would operate in Galilee and, and, and around that area. He is the one who would relate to the nations. And Jesus had quality relationships with people from at least five different ethnic backgrounds other than Jews. He is the one who fulfilled all that Isaiah said. But then, when he comes in the second creation, John, this is the Gospel of John, New Testament, notice how uh, uh, John begins his Gospel. Have you ever wondered why we read it at Christmas? In the beginning was the Word. We read it as part of the, the, the lessons and carols, don't we? Well, have you ever thought what's going on? Wait a minute, in the beginning, I've heard that somewhere before. Remember? Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and God said, let there be light. Now, John copies it and says, okay, second creation, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In him was life, And that life was the light of men and women, of every nation. Are you with it? And the light shines in the darkness. This is Isaiah. Can you hear it, Isaiah? The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The same as in the Blue John mine, light a match. The darkness will not overcome it. And then elsewhere, Luke joins in, um, a Gentile. (laughs) Have I got that right? It's either one. Yes. Oh, can't remember. Anyway, yes. Jesus is a light, and he's picking up the prophet again, a light to lighten the nations of the globe. It all starts to hang together. Uh, And I went off my uh, notes a while ago. Forgive me, I I get excited, and uh, who needs notes, you know? (laughs) I do. Um, But why is he a light to lighten the nations? Why have the people in darkness, why are they going to see a great light? Answer is in that uh, verse 6 of the reading we had this morning. For to us, a child is born. That's why. To us, a son is given. And the hakuma. Uh, as they say in the um, Arab world, the government is going to be on his shoulders. 
no politician's shoulders. It's going to be on his shoulders. That's why I love that first picture of the hand holding the globe. Yeah? Monarchs come and go. Prime ministers come and go. Presidents come and go. But the king of kings has an eternal kingship, an eternal kingdom, and the government will be upon him. His name will, will be Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Mighty God. Fantastic uh, phrases and superlatives about who he is. And you know what? The zeal of the Lord is going to do it. That's what the prophet is saying. Um, next one. So, the Bible uses light as a spiritual metaphor. I think you now understand that, yeah? The, the Bible is using light, not in a warm and fluffy, poetic way, you know, but as something that does everything that natural light does. Everything that natural light does to the first creation, Jesus is supplying to the second creation. Where is the second creation? That's what's being spoken to when this starts, the worship starts, and we pray, and we're led, and we're in his presence together. But why we must not forsake the gathering together of ourselves? Because it will speak to that that's in us. And the light will pulsate. Why do you think, oh dear Steve, the film E.T. Why do you think there was the pulsating heart? And don't just say they nicked it from the Catholics, please. <laughs> they said on the Emmaus Road, didn't our hearts burn within us when the word was talking to us? And that's what happens both as we come together like this and as we're about our stuff uh, in the week. This is only the filling station, you understand. And then we motor for Jesus for the rest of the week. That's when we begin to be church. This is church gathered, that's church scattered. Which is God more in, 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 in interested in? That one. Salting and lighting uh, in society. So the Bible, we can't get away from it, uses spiritual uh, metaphors. Um, and Britain, in our day, has become a darker nation. A backslidden nation in search of its great. We're not the only nation that needs to restore its great Britain. Over the past 60 years, Britain has made nine out of the Ten Commandments legal. Africa is sending missionaries to this country in gratitude for the days when mission was going out when they had no church 
and their leaders have told me this. So the question, what has gone out? What have we lost as a nation? And part of my job is to talk with MPs and um, peers on occasions, parliamentarians. And it's the question that the nation is looking for an answer. What have we lost? I want to say we've lost the light of Christ as a nation. Can I give my practical definition of um, spiritual light? It's moral, spiritual, and mental clarity. The light of Christ. Moral, spiritual, and mental clarity. I remember being in Australia one time and a pastor was telling me um, about a rehabilitation clinic in Sydney. And he said, I went in there, Steve, as a minister, and I, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. They had a government-controlled heroin shooting gallery where they could be safely weaned, yeah? And on the wall was a sign that said strictly, no smoking. <laughs> now, sometimes when I say that, there's total... But you get it. One of my favorite journalists in the Telegraph asked this question. In Britain, foxes, trees, and public footpaths have more rights in law than an unborn child. And that he said it, it, it after provocation, as it were, from Tony Blair, who, in the light of Islamic terrorism, had said, Britain, unlike them, Britain is a civilized society. Some would question it. Moral, spiritual, mental, Clarity. Next phrase. Uh, frame. Okay. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And here, here's, the, here's the thing. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. That's what's resonating in our worship. It's the light of life. It's the light of Christ. Deep, deep within us. Next. So, let's take heed to a guy called Oz Guinness. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's written a lot of uh, meaty stuff. Great guy. And he says, 
let's have less promotion of the gospel and more free samples. Yeah? In response to the Lord, the light of the world, who said, now you guys are the light of the world in Matthew and chapter, that's wrong, Matthew 5, I think. And urges us, let your light so shine so others see your good works and thank God for you. And unlike some folk, please don't be depressed by the times, but be in prayer. Because the darker the days, the easier the light shines from you. You say, but I'm only a, I'm only a match. You know, We have this little song, don't we, about this little light of mine. Me in my small corner. And Do you know that one? You in your small corner and I in mine. And we've only got a little light. Excuse me. Angstroms. Quantum physics. St. John's Cavern. I've only got a match. That's all it takes. I've only got a seed of faith. That's all it takes. <laughs> yeah? Poor little you. Whoa. You're a son and a daughter of God, and in, as the days get darker, you don't have to do anything but live for Jesus, and people say, what's the matter with you? You're different. I want to know what makes you tick. That's the way it should work, and that's what the, the, the Apostle James said. Have a reason ready for when they ask you what's going on and why are you different, because I want a piece of that. Yeah. God bless you, and let's thank him for Jesus, who is the light for the nations, shining through us. God bless.